All right, guys, Game Changers Tuesday. We're not supposed to say that. We're not supposed to announce what day it is or anything, see? But it's Tuesday. Hey, you know what? Full yeah, disclosure. I'm just saying it's the morning. It's the morning. Full <laughs> disclosure, we do this live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here from Tampa, Florida every single Tuesday. So if you're listening, if you're listening to us, um, we just want to thank you whatever day, time, wherever you are. Um, what a good day. You know, I, I, to be honest, uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I think we need to come into every day looking at it that way, right? It just makes it, it makes it, because here's the thing, you can focus on what you're walking through, focus on what you're experiencing, focus on what you are uh, facing right now. And I know there's some serious things that we're facing, but if we can come into every day going, God, this is the day you've made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I think that it'll change our perspective. And we're going to talk today. How, how are you today, by the way? Um, well, when you said that, I just want to say that that's something the Lord's been speaking to me about in the last couple of weeks is not only acknowledging that this is the day that He's made, but I'm making a, a purposeful, I'm purposefully asking Him every day, not only acknowledging like, thank you for this day, no matter what comes my way, I know you're with me, but I invite you in. So um, I think it's not enough just to acknowledge the Lord in, in your day, but also to invite Him in because we can acknowledge somebody and keep them outside on the front porch and not invite them in. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, for me in this season, the God that God's been speaking to me to intentionally invite Him in, um, so that He can lead me. He can't lead me if I leave Him outside on my front porch. I got to invite Him into my home. He's going to show me how to do the things that I need to do throughout the day, and He's going to be with me if I fail or fall or, or, you know, so I think, um, intentionally inviting him is really important in this season. Mm, that's good stuff. Well, it brings us to perfect segue into what we're talking about today. Firsthand experience. You can't have a firsthand experience with Jesus unless you do what you said, right? Unless you invite him in, unless you have a firsthand experience. And, um, you know, I was reminded of a passage today in Luke in the fifth chapter. I want to read this passage and then kind of set the set the uh, backdrop, so to speak, for this story. But the passage, it says that one day, and it was a familiar passage. How many know that, you know, we can take it. The amazing thing about the Word of God is like you can read the Bible, you know, your entire life. You can hear a story a thousand times. And then when you read it today, you always pick up something for that day. You pick up something for the season you're in. And it's the amazing thing about the living Word of God. It's it's, it's living. And when something's living, it doesn't change. The Bible says that God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So you go, wait a minute, if God doesn't change and his word remains, then how can we get something new out of it? And I think it's because we go through life and his word was written for yesterday, was written for today, and written for, written for tomorrow. So if there's a word that was written, if I'm wearing sandals with no internet, walking around in a desert, you know, in a, in a dress like the disciples, or if I'm, or if I'm flying around like the Jetsons in some you know, futuristic vehicle with all the technology in the world, or if I'm here today, think about this. If the word of God was written for all time, then it has to, then it's interwoven into life. And that's, and that's why it's important that it's, it's, it's interwoven into life. Does that make sense? So it's, it's a firsthand experience, but you can get something fresh out of the word of God every day. And this is what the Bible says in Luke five says one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. All right, so here's Jesus preaching 
and crowds were pressing in to hear what he had to say. And he, and he, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. Okay, so there's two empty boats. I want to point that out in a second because that means something. And so the fishermen had left them. They were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, one of the boats, not both boats, one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, right? We recognize this as Simon Peter. Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat. He taught the crowds from there. So this is when Jesus was standing on the shore preaching. He notices two boats. So he's like, you know, I can get a better view. I'm going to do something out of this message, right? And, he's, and, he's, and this is what Jesus says. So he steps into the boat, goes out, and then he preaches the message he was going to preach on the shore in the boat. All right? So he taught the crowds from there. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper, let down your nets, catch some fish. He said, master, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll let the notes, uh, nets down again. At this time, the nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout uh, for help brought their partners into the other, from other boats. Soon the boats were filled, fish were on the ver- uh, um, and on the verge of sinking from being full of fish. Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell on his knees before Jesus said, oh Lord, please forgive me, I'm such a sinful man. He was awestruck by the number of fish they caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, listen, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as he landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And so it's a, it's a passage that I want to kind of pick up on. And I want, to, I want us to kind of preach today, Diane. I want us to encourage today. And, um, and this applies to us, where we are, where we, we're, what we're walking through as a company. And so the, the lake of Gennesaret, right, or the Sea of Galilee, was where they were, right? The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw two boats left there. And they were washing their nets or, or mending their nets because they were, they were ripped from the night before, right? They were, they were tattered. How many feel that way? How many feel maybe you've gone through life, you've gone through this past season, you've gone through this year so far, your nets are ripped up. You know, you're, you're, you're beat down, you're tired, you're exhausted. You know, you're fruitless. They're looking at these nets and they, they didn't catch anything. So they're mending their nets just to try one more time, just to piece together some sort of hope. And then he gets into one of the boats. And this boat was with Peter's, right? Simon Peter's. And he asked him to, to go out a little bit from shore. He sat down, taught the people. And when he finished speaking, he said to him, put out in the deep, let down the nets to catch something. And Simon said, master, we worked hard, haven't caught anything, right? This is the story. So it kind of makes the disciples, makes me think the disciples are like you and I or any of us, right? I think I would have rolled my eyes like, you know, Jesus, man, I've been, I've been, trying, to, I've been trying to make a living in that capacity. I've been trying to make my marriage work. I've been trying. All right, I'll do it. You know what I mean? It makes me kind of relate to the disciples a little bit because I think Peter said that like, I've been doing this all night, but all right, I'll do it again. I don't know, what do you think of this story? Well, I kind of, one thing that stood out to me is Jesus noticed it was empty. So I probably would have done that too. <laughs> the two mm-hmm. empty boats. So that was the first thing that drew my attention, but he changed Let's his. Let's talk about that for a second. What do you mean? Um, Why would you have done that? Um, I would have noticed the empty before I, you know, he noticed the empty and then he allowed that emptiness to change his platform. So he went from, mm-hmm. he changed from here and he entered into their boat. I mean, he, he, he said to Peter, gets in. So he had to be invited into the boat. If Peter would have never allowed him on the boat, he wouldn't have been able to push off and you know, preach the message and then send them in to get more, you know, fill their nets again. So they were saying, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm empty. They invited him in. Right. They let him in. And because they let him in, 
he went beyond their natural mind was thinking, I already fished all night. My nets, my nets are torn. You're going to send me out something that I know, you know, maybe that's your craft or your trade or, or your, your gifting. Like I already know how to do this. How many times have we allowed our giftings and our talents to overtake allowing the Holy spirit to lead us and guide us. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing it and going through the motions. And I feel like that's sometimes when we get into burnout and different, whatever that is, whether it's in, in work, business, relationships, um, ministry, I think we can experience burnout. They were burnout. They worked all night within their own strength. Mm -hmm. But then the Lord, they allowed the Lord to get in their boat <clears throat> and outside of and allowed him and then outside of their strength, outside of the natural, outside of what they already went out there and, and had no result, when they allowed him in, he began to move and supernaturally they came with their nets overflowing. What was the difference? I think the difference was, is they allowed the Lord to come in. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And, and it, it, that's good. And we have to allow God to come in and that's one way to look at it. And let's, let's put that down as an official note, right? This morning, you have to allow God to come into your situation. And at the same time, these two men or these, th this man, and then the others that were watching, they didn't know who they were, quote, letting into their boat. You know, so they, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him. Maybe you've, you're like, well, who am I going to let? Who, who is this that I'm supposed to trust, right? I mean, I can trust my parents and I can trust my bank and I can trust my job and I can trust the economy, right? I can trust the government. I can trust all these things because, hey, they're here. I can touch them. But who is this? Who is this Jesus or this? this you're telling me about this. But I mean, like, okay, let's get real. I can't see him. I can't feel him. Is he real? I've heard little myths and whatever. And that could be the way people are listening to this today. Maybe that's you. So it's so from a Christian's perspective, we've got to we've got to let him in. But from your perspective, you go, well, who is he? And these guys didn't know who he was. I mean, they just didn't. They were minding their own business. But I love what Diana said, and you got to catch this for a second. Regardless if you know him or if you don't know him, this speaks to all of us this morning. This speaks to all of us this morning. The, the, the Jesus that you know or the Jesus that you might get to know soon, he will look for something empty and shift himself to fill it. And that's a really, really good point because he was standing on the shore. He was going to preach there. And when he sees these boats, see, I, I happen to think that Jesus was watching them for a minute. I happen to think that he was looking at them and he knew what was going on. And of course, he's man and God, so he, he knew what was in their heart and he knew what they were experiencing. He knew their frustrations. He knew their he knew their their anxiety. He knew possibly that Peter's rent was due. He knew he knew possibly that you know that you know that uh, Peter was taking on a second job, or this person was needing you know he really was looking forward to that, or needing or depending on that catch. That could have been going on, and he knew that, and he saw the frustration and the discouragement as they were cleaning their nets and repairing them. Maybe they were getting ready to give up. Maybe he was repairing his nets because he was going to sell them. He's going to turn them in. He's going to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm finished with this. I'm not going to do this anymore because, you know, I, I can't do it here. Or maybe he was going to pull his net up and, and leave that area and go somewhere else. <clears throat> and so whatever the point, you, you hit it on the head. Jesus looked and saw something empty and he, and he filled it. And I think that, um, but, but look at back and let's put ourselves in the disciples' position. We would roll our eyes. You know, we would believe. <laughs> I've done that with David. Like maybe he said, hey, we're going to do like, I imagine, you know, and God knew that. Like I, I can 
pretty much guess I probably would have been eye roller at them. Like, well, okay, some of yeah. those times they were the Lord's will. So you were doing it to Jesus too. I'm just saying, <laughs> because God laid something on my heart. You know, I'm just saying there's probably one of those times where you just like rolled your eye. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. But, um, you know, I think another point to that is he had to allow them. He also did that at a time they came back without fish, right? Mm-hmm. So that so he also, I think he uses that, that they had to come back empty and recognize that they fished all night. So they had to invite him in, but they also had to recognize that we already did this and it didn't work for us. And I think that's where it allowed the Lord to show up and that they recognized that they needed him because mm-hmm. he was the reason that that happened. Like, that, like, hey, I already did that and it didn't work. And now this man gets in my boat and I come back overflowing. I'm imagining that it was probably one of the biggest catches that they ever had. Like their nets were, he said, overflowing. You know, so it was capacity. It was really probably above capacity. Mm-hmm. So not only did they just come from where they already, they had already been there and it didn't produce fruit and I mean fish, a harvest, however you want to say it. It didn't produce anything. They go back out and not only do they come back, they don't just come back with like three or four fish. They come back yeah. over over, over, yeah, Overflowing. more than enough. <clears throat> more than enough. That's good. And so they, so they rolled their eyes or whatever <clears throat> when they were obedient. They let their nets down. So here's the thing: when they done this, you know, the story goes they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled people over, and it was not just enough for them; it was enough to feed the community. And you know, I, can I just say this? You know, as a little side note here, what God wants to do in your life is not just for you. You know, so the reason it's so big, the reason the enemy's fighting you so hard, the reason that it is, uh, the reason that it seems so difficult is because it's, it's going to touch the community. Well, you know, it's going to touch the world or it's going to touch society. What God wants to do in you is more than just about your dream. It's, it's, it goes beyond you because his plans are always plans to touch others. And That's so, true. So let's let's stop there because it said it filled up their boat overflowing, mm-hmm. filled up their partners' boats overflowing to the point of sinking. And that was not only so that they they knew that, but the people that were still on the shore seen it too. Yeah, God was calling. Well, God was calling them to minister and be fishers of men, and He started it by working a miracle through them that would be the gateway into touching these other people's hearts. So people will listen to you a lot more when you come you know, and, and you provide something for them. When you come and you're not just saying, hey, do what I say, but you're coming in, in the name of Jesus, you're coming with some answers. You're coming with, with, with giving. You're coming with, with, you know, with uh, benevolence and, and with answers and with you know, healing in your hands, so to speak. And you know, the way Jesus walked around, the Bible says in his ministry, he walked around healing and doing good. You know, he, uh, you know, he didn't walk around condemning people. He walked around doing good and people wanted him because of it. So, so they threw this, these, so you see the miracle that took place here. And can I just say this, you know, we ask God, remove my problems and I've done it, you've done it. But the reality is I, I I know this is going to, I'm not to explain this, but I believe that God's saying this, I want to upgrade your problems. I don't want to take away your problems and hear me, bear with me for a second. So we have to stop praying, God, take away my problems. He wants to give us high quality problems. He wants to give us problems, you know, can I ask you this? Do you want the problem of an empty net or the problem of a sinking boat? Not the problem of a sinking boat because you have a hole in it, but do you want an empty net or do you want so much in your net that it causes your boat to sink? Both were a problem. I mean, one problem caused them to to struggle and to be discouraged and to wonder how they were going to make it. The other problem 
caused them to, to call in help, right? And to, and to bring people together to solve this. And so, you know, listen, God wants to give you high quality problems. He wants to give you problems, you know, that are different than what you're experiencing. So we need to stop complaining that we're so busy. Can, can I say this? The proof of life, right, is, is in the problems. The, the, the fact that I have a pulse this morning, right? The, you know, or sorry, the problem I, I'm going through proves that I have a pulse this morning. I believe that God can clear our schedule, right, really quick. It's called death, and I don't, want, I don't want my schedule cleared that way. So when they'd done this, right, they caught such, such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled partners in the community over, right, to come and help them. And, you know, and they came and filled their boats so full, they began to sink. And when Peter saw this, when Simon saw this, he fell down and he, and he told Jesus, he said, get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. You know, for he, he and all his companions were astonished at the catch, right? at the fish that had come in. James and John were there, right? And, and um, they were Simon's partners and they saw this. And then Jesus said to Simon, listen, don't be afraid from now on your fish for people. So I don't, I don't know about you, but that's not very comforting to me if I just heard that, right? It would make it a little scarier, right? We're going to do what? We're going to fish for people? You know, it, and so, you know, they pulled their, their, their boats to shore and they left everything and they followed him. So I want to throw this question out there because this is the question that I think everybody has in the world, whether they know it or not, even if they're, even if they're saying it to their God, even if they're saying it to a different God right now, because they're looking for answers and there's only one true God, there's only one true answer, but because they don't know that answer, right? This helps me in, 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 so here's the question. And can we put this question? I want you to put this question. If you're watching live, if you're not watching live, just say this out loud, wherever you are, just say this to yourself. But if you're watching this on YouTube, then put this in the chat for me. Everybody that's watching, put this in the chat. God, what do you see in me? God, what do you see in me? What do you see in me? God sees something amazing in you, even when you don't see it in yourself, right? And we can't let the things on the surface keep us from seeing our deeper purpose purpose within. You know, I can walk in, Diana, I told you this morning when I saw you, right? I said, oh, I love that outfit. I said, "That's you look so pretty today. I said, it's one of my favorite outfits. She hasn't worn it in a while. And, you know, people will tell me, not today yet, you know, because I came in late, but somebody will say, oh, I like your shirt. Hey, I like, I like those shoes. And that's, that's what someone sees. People will see stuff on you. But God sees something in you. That's good. And if you've studied the Bible at all, you know, we've been, we've been talking about Peter, but the reality is we've been talking about Simon. This is before he became Peter. And, and go, remember going back to the one thing you said about God getting into something empty. Remember I, earlier I said, you know, there was two boats. And you got to understand something. I believe this this morning with all my heart. I believe that, that, that God sees the emptiness of your boat and he knows exactly where you are. And I believe he's going to choose to get in your boat today, specifically your boat. There were two boats there. He chose one. He chose the one for the season. And we're talking about Simon here, not Peter. This is before he changed his name. He got into one of the boats, right? The, the one that belonged to Simon. And so Jesus changes the name of his chief apostle, right? But it hasn't happened yet. At this point, he's still Simon. He's called Simon. And that means, that means, that, that, that means he heard. So, so he, but he's Simon. And I, I want to talk about that for a second. Jesus chose to get into his boat specifically that day that changed the trajectory of his life forever. 
And so not only will he get into something empty, but he'll specifically get into the middle of your situation. That's good, huh? You know, the two things that I thought of when they came back is when they seen the miracle of what happened, it caused them to believe for more and trust God's guidance, right? So when they came back overflowing, I got to believe like it got them thinking, wow, I've, I've settled for this little bit. And when I allowed Jesus into my life, he offered me so much more. And then because of that, you are, I, I feel like for me at least, and, and maybe this speaks to you, it will cause you to trust him more and trust his guidance. And, and where maybe, you know, starting a new business, maybe making some kind of personal change, maybe creating some new goals. You'll trust God's guidance when you have seen him move on your behalf. It'll cause you to believe and trust him more and allow him to guide you. I think that's the part, the hardest part because it's about relinquishing control. Our life and our walk with the Lord really is about laying ourselves down daily. And sometimes that's a minute by minute. That's an hour by hour. That's a situation by situation. But it really is that simple that we have to lay our own agenda. Even though we have, of course, we have a job, we have things we got to accomplish, or we have household you know, chores, or we, we have tasks that we need to complete. Of course you have that. But I'm just saying our will, our will to do it our way. You know, we may know a way, but, you know, there's a way in this world that seems right, but in the end, it's destruction. It doesn't bring you what you're needing. So you have to rely and trust God because His ways are higher than ours, and they're perfect, and they bring fulfillment, and they bring joy, and they bring peace, and they bring hope. But we have to go that direction. He offers these things, but are we moving towards those things? I think it's not enough just to know Jesus, but it's got to be more. And and David, I've been listening to a, a series, a podcast series, And it's really gotten me um, thinking more and more like how diligent we have to be in the Word of God and to know it, to know the instructions. There's nothing left untalked about in the Word of God. He tells you how to live an abundant life, how to live for Him. He tells you how to do it. So it's not just enough. I think you can ask the Lord into your life and you can accept Him and you will enter into heaven. You're going to have struggles, and maybe there'll be seasons that you pray and you ask God to help you. But I think if you want to live in the fullness of God and the completeness of what He has to offer you, it you're going to have to commit to daily getting in God's instruction manual. Because what you put in, and I'm a firm believer in this, if you eat candy, your body's going to show candy. If you drink soda and not water, which is what you need, your body needs water— if you drink soda and no water, it's going to show up. If you, you know, what you put into your spirit is going to sh- show up. And now I'm not against secular music. I listen to secular mu- music sometimes. For the most part, I do listen to. That's one thing my kids will say when they were growing up. It wasn't until they got into high school and their siblings started driving them that they were ex- they were exposed to to things outside of like in our area, it's called the Joy FM or Spirit FM. So in our my car, when we got in the car, that's what was in there. And, um, and it wasn't until they were exposed to those things. But I know for a fact that if I'm not reading the Word of God enough and I'm not listening to things that put, you know, a faith and a trust in God, it, it will show up in my speech, in my actions, and in what I do. So what you put in, if you're not reading the Word of God, and then I'm going to tell you, or if you're not getting the results that you're wanting, I'm going to encourage you. Are you 
filling your heart, your soul, your mind, your spirit with the word of God and the things of God? Are you doing that? Yeah. And maybe someone's even out there and they don't know God. You know, you're saying, well, I don't even know how to, what that means because I don't even know him. And, you know, and so, you know, we want to, we want to introduce you to him. And this is, this is the crazy thing about it. And that, that Peter here, this is when, this is when one of the greatest apostles or one of the, at least one of the most famous disciples was introduced to Jesus. Like he didn't know him. This is not in the later in his ministry. This is the introduction. And so, and so can I just say this too? Um, you know, uh, when Jesus was teaching a lot of this and the, the title today was firsthand experience, because in, if you're a believer for any significant amount of time, then you've had firsthand experiences. If you're not a believer and you become a believer, you'll have firsthand experience. You enter into this relationship and it's a firsthand experience. I can tell you that, that they're getting a firsthand experience here as an introduction. And then all through Peter's walk with, with the Lord, he had firsthand experiences with him. The Bible was written out of firsthand experiences. And so when he's here and he's, he has this backdrop of, of being with Jesus, and, you know, it wasn't a, like a doctrinal seminar, right? This is when Jesus talked to his disciples about faith. It was like, you know, like, hey, I'm going to talk to you about a storm. Well, when he taught them about storms of life, he was sleeping in the bottom of a boat during a storm that they thought they were going to die in. So he gets up, rebukes the storm, and teaches them about storms. You know, another time he teaches them about storms, they're by themselves, and Jesus is on another part of the land, and he's in there in the middle of the storm, and he's walking on the sea in the middle of the storm, walking on he's demonstrating that even though there's a storm he goes i can walk on the storm i i can walk on this storm and so they see him call him into the boat and when he gets into their boat again there's an empty boat an empty place right and jesus steps into the empty place then he teaches him about a storm so this is a matter of of, of life and death here when they learn these lessons of faith and maybe it's a matter of life and death for you you know it it's it, you know, Jesus was standing by a lake. Peter didn't know what would happen on that lake. Peter didn't know that one day he'd be walking on that very lake or on water. Peter, Peter didn't know, you know, that when he stepped out of the boat one day walking on water, that five seconds later, you know, he'd be gasping for breath. But Jesus did. And, you know, it means that Jesus saw Peter walking on the water before Peter ever got in, before he ever got into Peter's boat. When Jesus looked over, and that's the thing about God, you're not talking about just a mere man. Jesus, the Son of God, looked over and saw a man discouraged, washing his nets, frustrated about his dreams, frustrated about his life, not having any direction. He sees beyond that point of frustration to him standing up on the day of Pentecost and to him saying, hey, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. He sees all of this, and it means Jesus knew that he would help Peter up out of the water even before it. He started to sink. It means Jesus knew what would happen to you in your childhood before he called you into the season to become a parent. He knew what would happen in that marriage before he ever called you to be that wife or that husband. And, and so, you know, I, I know we're almost out of time and, and there's so much more. I know we don't have time per se, but he saw, you know, I just scroll up a little bit, Mike, in my notes. Right there. You know, he... I want to try to wind this down into a point of ministry, but, you know, he, I just can't get beyond the fact that he saw two boats. And they were washing their nets. It was over. That's the thing. That's what the washing the nets 
symbolized. It was over. Like if you're washing your nets, you've already called it a day. Some of you are sitting here listening right now and I want to speak by the Holy Spirit. I feel this in my heart. You've called it a day. It's over. You're like, it's over. I'm washing my nets. I'm giving up on it. I'm turning it in. I'm done. I need to show you verse three. Verse three, he gets into one of the boats. And that boat was Simon Peter's. And I'm going to tell you this morning, he's getting in your boat right now. I believe that with everything in me. If you're listening to this, whatever, whenever you're listening to it, he's getting in your boat. <clears throat> Peter's going to preach one day on the day of Pentecost, but at this moment, he's just Simon. Peter's going to give his life for the gospel. History says he dies a martyr, but at this point, he's just Simon. He's going to write two epistles, first and second Peter, right? But at this point, he's just Simon. That's the potential of who he can be. The word Peter means little rock. The same Peter that said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you, right? And Peter gets out of the boat and walks on water. So here's, scroll down, Mike. I want to read this last thing down. I want to end it this way. Later on in his life, in Luke 5.22, I preached this so many times on sifted to fail, anointed to serve. And, and um, Peter, Jesus was getting ready to be portrayed. No, no, scroll back up, Mike. Right there, right there. And Peter was getting ready to, Jesus was getting ready to be betrayed. And the guys are arguing about, like, who's going to betray them. And Jesus, in the middle of all this, looks at Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, in Luke 5, 22, Simon, Simon, I'm sorry, in Luke 22, 31, Simon, Simon, Satan desires to have you to sift you as wheat. Now, that's deflating in some ways. But then he, there's a comma there. This is, this is later. This is the end of Jesus' physical, earthly ministry. He said, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you've repented, or another version says, when you're converted or you turn to me, strengthen your brethren. So Jesus is like, you're going to go through this, but I've already prayed that you'll make it through. And I believe that he saw this way back when he got into his boat originally. And one thing that happened in between them was, remember the passage where we went there in Israel when they showed us the places where they sacrificed to those false gods. There was like two different um, groups of people and there were two different idols that were carved into the, literally still there, you can see the imprint. It was at that place they said that Jesus took his disciples and said, who do men say that I am? And they begin to say, oh, you're, you're John the Baptist or this or that. They begin to say that. And the world's asking today, who, who's Jesus? But then he looked at the people that were with him every day. Peter was right there and he said, who do you say that I am? And then Peter said, what? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he looks at him and says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, which means he heard. Blessed are you, he heard. For flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father, which is in heaven, now you are called Peter. Now you're the little rock. And right there, that was that faith that he was talking about later when he says your faith won't fail. Speak to somebody, Diana, as we just pray. And maybe lead into a prayer. We close. I just feel like this morning, this is a place of ministry. And if you're listening, we're going to just encourage you and we're going to pray for you. Someone that just doesn't feel like there's... There's one thing that you said, and you you said it was just Peter. And you may be in a place in your life that you feel like you're just nobody. You're just Susie. You're just Billy Bob. You're nobody. But I want to tell you that God, God knew you before you were ever 
born, before you were ever in your mother's womb, he created you and he designed you with a purpose. And so I want to just tell you that maybe this podcast today is just simply about this. You have a purpose and you have a plan. God has a plan for your life. And it's up to you to allow him in to whatever it is, that it, whatever your situation into your life. It may not be a, something bad. It might be just, hey, I need you in, in the center of my next steps. I need you in the center of my plans, my dreams. I need you in the center of my family. I need you in the center of my marriage. I need you in the center of my job. I need you in the center of my education. I need you in the center of my friendships. Like you are inviting him in. And so I want to say, that's where you begin to find who you are. You'll never find, you will never be good enough if you measure yourself up against the world standards. You're never going to be Instagram perfect. You're never going to be Facebook fine. You're never going to be any of those things. You'll always be trying to attain to get the next thing, to get the next better, to have the better this, to have the better that, to have the right living room. Do I have the right look? Do I have the right filter? You'll always be searching that. The only way you're going to find first that anchoring and finding who you are is to know who you are, whose you are, and who you are in him. And so I just want to encourage you today, right now, wherever you're at, to not only acknowledge God, today is the day that you have made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. But God, I invite you in to be ruler, to reign, to lead, to guide me, to help me in this day, in this situation, in my next steps. Lord, I invite you in and I ask God that you would help me hear your voice and that I'd be obedient to follow it. And that you'll put people around me that's going to come in and they're going to encourage me and push me to pursue more of you, God, because I'm nothing without you. But in you, I find who I am and I can be all that you've called and created to me to be when I plug myself into you. And so I thank you for that right now, Lord. I just pray that you be amongst everybody that's listening under the sound of my voice right now, God, wherever they're listening, whenever they're listening, God, I just pray whatever that they have need of, God, that you would just speak to their heart right now and let them know, God, that you're with them, God, and that your desire is to be in their boat and that you won't fail them. Amen, Jesus' name, amen. Guys, make sure you download our app if you haven't already. It's the Game Changer app by IPD Agency. It's on Apple and Google Play Store. And uh, we just appreciate you listening. And we will see yes. you guys next week. Make sure you check out the podcast as it comes on YouTube and uh, all the audio sources tomorrow. Look forward to seeing you guys again soon. Thank you. God bless. 